Well, I do invite you to open your Bibles to Psalm 123 so you can follow along this morning. And we come together again in this time of prayer to pray with one accord. We take our cues from the early church and throughout church history. The church gathered together uh, to unite their hearts around a common vision, a common theme, a a common goal, and to seek the Lord and to fellowship together in prayer. And that's what, what we gather to do together this morning, what we continue to try to cultivate in our hearts and in our lives and in our ministry. And there's no other way to unite our hearts together. I mean, we've all had different weeks this week and different events and circumstances and situations. And even as we gather here this morning, all of our hearts are different in different places. It would be wonderful to think we have all gathered here together and our hearts are all purely 100% focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ and here to worship Him. But the fact of the matter is, that's not true for any of us. There's always something there that's tugging at our heart. And so we use this time of prayer and time in the Word of God to try to, try to cleanse that, purify that, deal with, by God's grace, get that out so that in this time together, we come together with pure hearts. And the Word of God unifies our hearts. Psalm 123 this morning, we're still in that series of psalms that's called the Psalms of Ascent. These are the songs that the pilgrims would sing as they made their way at various times in the year up to Jerusalem for the various feasts and festivals that they had to attend to. And if you think back to the first one, the first one began on a sour note because they were far from where they wanted to be. They wanted to be in the house of God. They wanted to be fellowshipping with God in His temple, but they were far away and they had a long journey. And then in the the next one, they're making their way there. They get it in sight. And there's still a long way to go, but it's in sight and their hearts are beginning to beat, beginning to rush. And then in Psalm 122, we saw the, the joy. They arrived. Their feet were within the gates of Jerusalem, we see in 122 verse 2. And verse 1 told us they were glad they were there. This is what they wanted. This is what they, they wanted to be, the place where they could hear the preaching of the Word of God, where they could worship God, where they could have their, their sins forgiven and have confirmation of their relationship with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so now in Psalm 123, it's just continuing that progression. They've arrived, they're there, but now it hits them. In Psalm 123... Come with great joy, eager expectations, but then they look around and they realize they're surrounded by a great deal of trouble and difficulty. They brought it with them. And everything's not perfect, though they're in the temple. Now they're here, they want to worship the Lord, they want to fellowship, but there's stirrings in their heart, holding back. Let's read together Psalm 123. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. So what's going on here? He's made his way to Jerusalem. He's made his way into the temple. He's ready. He's pumped. He's primed. Just like we are this morning. We're here. We're here to worship. We're here to fellowship with our king. And then reality hits him. Right smack dab in the face. We see it in verses 3 and 4. 
My soul has had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. He's surrounded by those who hate him. He looks around, and this is not just a clean environment. It's not just an environment where everything's pure and everything's perfect and everything's just... He sits down and realizes that his soul is still troubled even though he's in the house of the Lord. He's excited, he's eager, he's hopeful. He's longing to fellowship with God, but he's aware that even as he worships, there's trouble and trial all around him. And and that's a picture of us this morning. I can only hope and pray you have arrived here this morning with eager expectation and longing and desire and joy to be glad in the house of the Lord. I'm, I'm hungry to sit in a prayer meeting and seek the face of God. I'm hungry, I'm eager to, to sing these songs to my God. I'm, I'm eager to, to open up Revelation chapter 8. I want to hear from my God. I can only hope that's the case, but to whatever extent that is true, what is also true is, even as we sit here this morning with eager expectation, there is mixed with that the realization that, but I've brought my troubles with me here. They didn't fall off when I walked through those doors. As I sit here right now, even sin is present with me in my heart. Right now, even Satan didn't, this, this, there's not a force field around this place that's keeping Satan out of this place. Now that we thank God Christ walks among his churches. But also there's, there's, there's the enemy. There's compromise in our heart that we've been struggling with all week. We, we brought that in with us. There's a heart that maybe just, I'm fighting, I, want, I, I hear what you're saying, Jake, I, I want that eager expectation, I, I want to have that joy to hear the preaching of the word, and that joy to sing these songs, and that joy to seek the face of God in prayer together, but my heart is just cold and callous and frustrated and cynical and angry, and honestly, I'm not sure I see the point of any of this. What do you do in a situation like that? That's... 123 is our situation. I can't, I can't tell which, where you fit in that. But what do we do if that's the case? Do we just grit our teeth and hold on tight and just pray 1145 or 12 o'clock gets here soon? Or do we fight? The answer of Psalm 123 is you take it to the Lord in prayer. You take the heart. You take the struggle. You take whatever is not where it needs to be. And you bring it to the Lord in prayer. What is prayer? We could talk about some big, long theological answer, and we'll kind of talk about that in Revelation 8. But ultimately, from Psalm 123, prayer is exactly what we see in verse 1. Prayer is lifting up our eyes to the Lord. It's looking to God. This is the Hebrews 12, 2 passage. It's looking to Jesus looking to our King, bringing honestly and openly to God, God, here's the situation. I know I need you. I'm here this morning because I know in my heart of hearts I am supposed to love you more than anything else. I know in my heart you are worthy of the worship. I know in my heart that though you know, I, I may struggle to listen to the preaching. I know it's for my good, and through that, it's a means of grace that you intend to speak to me, but my heart is so cold towards it. 
And I look to you because the problem is not the songs or the prayer meeting or the preaching or it's me. There's something in me. And we bring our helplessness to God. What is prayer? Just from Psalm 123, it's focusing upon God. It's turning off of ourselves, off of me, 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 me. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm unhappy. I'm broken. I'm whatever. I'm, and it's a focusing upon the Lord. To you, I lift up my eyes. It's seeking Him. And it's seeking His glory. Secondly, from this passage, we could say that prayer is removing from your thought any limitation of God. To you, I lift up my eyes Oh, you who are enthroned on high. Oh, you the sovereign on your throne. Oh, you, Revelation 6, 7, and 8, my king, who in this time between your, uh, the resurrection and your return, you are sovereignly ordaining all things. There is no limitation in you. To you I look. I feel hopeless. I feel helpless. I feel weak. I feel cold and dry and dull. But I turn to you. And we do exactly what the psalmist did here. Third, we express our helplessness. I'm here. I'm fighting. Man, it's hard. Maybe Jake's already frustrated me this morning. Or maybe this prayer meeting, I'm already upset because we're, we're, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to throw things out there. Or, or my sin is already, even as I'm sitting here, has, has come right back before my eyes. Bring it to the Lord. Express that helplessness, that hopelessness. And do what the psalmist said, fourthly. Appeal to the mercy of God. Have mercy on me, God. And here's the wonderful thing about our God. He is both able to help us in our need, and He's willing. He's merciful. He's kind. This is what the psalmist is doing. He's got, he made it to the house of the Lord and he was ecstatic and joyful and then it hit him right in the eyes. Not all is well. And what did he do? He sought the Lord in prayer. He turned his eyes to the Lord. Be thou my vision, God. Help me take my eyes off of myself, my sin, my heart, my attitude, whatever. Help me to look to you and open my eyes to see who you 